previously on Box Cutters. Um, I need to line this up. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> There's a skip in the laser disc. Hopefully. Did that happen? Have you watched the laser disc? No. Hopefully. I was trying to work out how long I could do that before it got creepy and I creeped myself out. It's like, what if so I can't... So now you know. What if I can't stop? <laughs> what is it you can't face? Hey, you watch that, Mother Superior. <laughs> Aw, thanks. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 325, Bite the Hot Cheese Bread. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hawking. I had cheese bread. It was good. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Coming up on this episode of Box Cutters, we're, uh, we're going to have an interview with uh, the uh, executive producer of the Mangrook Footy Show. No reason. No reason. Just, just seemed just, like a nice idea. At the yeah, time. yeah. Just, just, just a good idea. Uh, Going to uh, talk about uh, some some old media that has come from listeners' vaults. Don't mm. make it dirty. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got some letters to box cutters. Uh, got some pork at the end, in which Brenna Courtney Glazebrook is going to uh, is going to debut her new segment. Have we decided on a on a name for, for it yet, Brenna? Well, well, we're running with cherry on top. At the moment, but I was thinking maybe um, as a homage to Danos Direct, we could have. But wait, there's more. Nice. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. I like that. That's good, and it's a lot harder for me to make that dirty. Yeah. Is, is it? Unless you do it with a raised eyebrow. Then cherry on top. Oh, why do we have to still call it pork then? Oh no, no pork is just pork is is a completely di- so pork for for the listeners who who don't know. Me. Firstly, uh, firstly, box cutters all about television. Secondly. Uh, Courtney Hawking never listened to it before. So, <laughs> pork well, I, is, I'm here. I, I'm glad. Yeah. So shut up. All right. No, I'm not complaining about it. Whatever. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, pork is a segment at the end where things that we wanted to talk about but didn't really deserve their own segment get to have a a, a little bit of a, oh, a discussion. Is that what that's about? It's it's supposed to be. Yeah. I and then no within idea. that, mm. within that. Is Brenna Courtney Glazebrook's Terry on Top, but wait, there's more. So, so box cutters all about television. Uh, you know, we try to cover television from everywhere. Well, I'm so glad you finally explained it to me because I you had, <laughs> had just, no idea. You had no idea why I kept making you watch television shows and come in here and talk about things. Yeah, just, yes. as always, we'll kick things off with the box cutters news. <laughs> In a correction to the uh, introduction, the videos are from Brett's vault. No, no, no. What? We've got both. We've got proper legitimate VHS vault stuff. From your vault? From my vault. Uh-huh. And? And listeners' uh, old media from their vaults. Just right. like real player clips that they downloaded in the 90s? No. Well, okay. No. Jesus. It's... it's wait for it. It's, it's somewhat problematic. In... <laughs> In news, the ABC 2's Mangrook footy show has been cancelled. Yes. Hey, we're speaking to Grant Hansen later on. 
That's uh, a coincidence. Yeah, EP from Ungroup. We should speak to him about that. Yeah. Okay. You think that's a good idea, Brett? I'll, I'll get him on, on the line. Yeah, no, get him on the line. Like, not now, not now. Not, not, not now. Brett, not now. Okay. Get him, get him on the line later. It was, it was open. Later, we'll... Uh, <laughs> We'll uh, we'll get that. Uh, some shows have been uh, cancelled, Brett. Yes, tragically, Last Resort has been cancelled. Oh, uh, that is a surprise. It was it, of oh. of the shows that have been cancelled this week. That was the good one. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, the best. <laughs> um, no, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by, uh, I would say, ABC's uh, six 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 Park Avenue. Not a good one. <laughs> uh, and also CBS's partners. I don't think we. I'm pretty sure that both of you and I, Josh, watched a couple of episodes of that and did not <laughs> want to go back. At I all. did not get through a couple of episodes of Partners. I got. I, I barely got through one. This is a half hour sitcom, Courtney. I barely got through <laughs> one episode. It is tedious. So it was like twenty something. It was. <sighs> So it's it's, uh, uh, it's it's with the guy from Numbers, gay friends, mm. num three is. Uh, so it's a, about a, a, a gay architect, uh, and uh, and his best friend. Oh, I'm annoyed already. Stop it. And business partners I don't and care. their see. Yeah, I don't care. How did this even get? Was... How did it even get up? That's what I don't know. I don't know how partners even got up. I don't know how people went. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Let's a great that. idea. No. Oh, that's a state idea that is just going to stink up the room. Mm. Well, that, that they, sounds they right. They it was got offensive. there eventually. It was offensive. Sorry? They got there eventually. Yeah, but they, they really, they, sh- they, they could have gotten there a lot quicker. In news shows. Yes. Not news shows, which that may have sounded right, like. Just get to the point. Disneyland's Thunder Mountain ride is going to be turned into a TV show. Finally. I know, at last. It, it had such a, an excellent narrative arc. So this is uh, so I, I'm not familiar with the uh, with the Thunder Mountain ride, but apparently it's a supernatural adventure, uh, or or so it could be from the. Uh, from, I, I don't know what they, they're going to turn a ride into a show. How does that work? Isn't that how they made Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, <laughs> but so Johnny Depp. That's it. Put Johnny Depp in it. Give him an accent. Yeah, I think that's that's, uh, that's Tim Burton's career there. So. Uh, it's uh, it's it's part created or executive produced by the guy what wrote Ice Age Continental Drift. Ah, oh, because that was the best one. What? A, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and another guy who's currently working on the sixth instalment of the Fast and the Furious. Oh, this is just like peak uh, peak capitalism where they just make the lowest common denominator thing and hope that people will just, you know, have some sort of aneurysm and be able to watch it with their ratings box until they die. It's P- like possibly. You know, it's it's a bit like Disney buying Lucasfilm and uh, and and going to make uh, episode 7, 8 and 9 of the Star Wars. Yeah, it's just endless repeats trilogy. of things that are popular until that it's dead. Star Wars? Yeah. I haven't heard of that. No. The, uh, did you know that there was a Haunted Mansion movie with, uh, with Eddie Murphy? I saw that. Yeah? yeah Are you not thinking bad. of Vampire in Brooklyn? No, no. I, I did see uh, the Haunted Mansion movie because I had that on uh, vinyl as a child. The, what? You had the... The, the, like the story the book. S- uh, there's a storybook that's based on the theme park <laughs> I don't even ride. know. It was like a little storybook that had a little vinyl record. 
Right. And I used to listen to that. And then I was invited to the premiere of the movie, which was on in Melbourne, and uh, I went and it was terrible. Uh, but it was free. So Well, well that's, that's a thing. It's a win. The, uh, th- there's also uh, talk of a US version of The Tomorrow People. One of my favourite science fiction shows uh, as, from as a UK? kid from from the UK. Right. Uh, the uh, the a couple of a uh, couple of people who worked together on Dawson's Creek, looking at making that for the CW. Uh, James Brent. Vanderbeek. No, no, no. Uh, a couple of uh, producers from Dawson's Creek. Ah, so not James Vanderbeek. There was an article during the week about uh, Channel Ten and uh, and how it's broke. And uh, and and basically, there's no room in Australia for a third free-to-air network. What anymore? Despite the fact we've had one for 15 years. More than more than 15 years. Yeah. Well, I uh, don't remember before then because I wasn't born. <laughs> I do. I do forget how young you are. You do, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. Mm. It's. Uh, it's a lot of the things so that mature. we say. A lot of the things we say on this show are inappropriate. <laughs> Age inappropriate. In uh, in your presence, um, somebody so, somebody so, uh, who's uh, been quoted in Business Day, uh, on, in the Age, has been uh, quoted as saying, "Maybe we need only two commercial free to wear networks because advertisers will only advertise on two. So I, that, that was Lawrence Friedman. The fact that they have not. That's not true. So Lawrence Friedman is a is a, is a previous co-owner of uh, of Channel Ten, and uh, we've talked about Channel Ten for a, a, a while and how they're ruining everything. <laughs> uh, they they were doing great stuff and innovative stuff, and then they they got sold and, uh, the pooch. and are ruining everything now. Lawrence Friedman said this week that there's not enough room for three free to wear commercial channels. On, on Australian television. I, I think he is wrong. I think he uh, that's a handy excuse to hook on the fact that you are ruining everything. Yeah, well, he's, and he's, he's not. He's not ruining everything. I blame he's, him, though. Yeah, he's, he's, he's sold out. But is, it, is it almost time for James Warburton to come in from his gardening leave? And We could hope, but that's not going to happen. James warburton got, he's got a lot of garden. Uh, I thought it was like next month or the month after. He has a lot of garden. Oh yeah, January. January he's supposed to come yeah. back from his. Uh, it's just a matter. But that's also of when his con- that's also when his contract's up. So <laughs> it's coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. But it's it's um it's just a matter of whether they can you know whether they've dipped it so low now that he can get it back from there because I think he he has the capability to make some pretty smart decisions for Channel Ten. I reckon they've got to get rid of uh, a couple of named directors uh, for starters but because it's it's been since they've taken over the reins at the station that uh, things have gone. But to can shit. they get rid of them when they own it? <laughs> the here's... well, hopefully they'll just walk away. They'll they'll see that they're just going to lose more money. Sell the sh- up all their the shares. The share price is down to maybe high, maybe in fact, high twenties, around about twenty eight. Maybe in fact, even uh, Friedman's trying to trying to talk it down so he'll come in and get a bargain no. basement price for I th- it. I thought about, I so, so the shares the shares are now at about uh, twenty eight cents each. Uh, I don't we, think you could talk it down any further than it already is. Pretty sure we, he was talking it down right there. We well, received, I think just being honest about it. He suggested uh, that it could plan a return to profitability by showing the station logo and advertising. We received a tweet uh, during the week from Danny Danger Oz, who's a, a former guest donor 
on on this show and uh, audience member and audience member who uh, who said he is willing to donate to the box cutters fund to purchase channel 10 i think at 28 28 cents a share it <laughs> we is could, uh, we could it, do that. I, I think we could we could probably do it mm. uh, i would uh, i'd like to have a go mm-hmm. get Gina Reinhart out of there get Lachlan Murdoch out of there and uh, and uh, pick up some of the pieces. There is so hang on, much. Hang on, Josh. I, I meant to do this. Uh, Channel 10 is screwed. There's no way that they're ever coming back from this, Josh. There's no way. People should sell up now. Sell it. I think what you're doing is illegal. Really? I think. Yeah, it I is. Think, I think that's illegal yeah. to, to drive down the price using um, using your personal platform to drive down the price and then to, to buy shares in it. I think that's, I think that's illegal. Really? Yeah. Uh, look, here's... Here's the thing with three free-to-air channels. Three free-to-air channels is definitely plenty for uh, for Australia. What is more difficult is nine free-to-air yes. commercial channels. Yep. And that's what we have now. That's what uh, that's what the commercials were forced into doing. Mm. Rather than letting uh, other players go go into the market, uh, the, uh, the the government forced existing players to just expand what they were what they were providing. And split it over three different channels. This was actually seen as a benefit for the to the uh, the media owners at the time that that decision was made. Right. Well, they are bloody idiots. In, yes. In, yeah. in that case, right? Because it was never going to happen. But and and I don't it, know. I don't know what forecasting they used to say that this was a, a possibility. It was always going to cost them more. Mm-hmm. They were always going to end up splitting their. Uh, audience. Splitting their audience yep. and splitting their uh, and splitting their customers, splitting but it their advertisers. Competitors coming into the market. Uh, nobody, nobody could get a foothold into it if nobody else could buy any of those. But it's, those, it's uh, not. It's not a zero. Channels. It's not a zero sum game. Like just because you just decide to do the other thing, which is not the preferable option, uh, you know, they're forced to take that option and have those uh, like additional channels. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be better for them than not having those channels in the first place. Do you know what I mean? It was very short-sighted at the time, yeah. Well, no, but they didn't have the option. It's it's a rock and a hard place. They had the option of letting other competitors come in or do the additional channels. But in comparison to what they had before, which was a monopoly based on their one-channel model for each network, it's never going to be better than that. And I think the problem is that they, they haven't managed to adapt to... The new environment, and and what we're seeing continually, and what we've seen since then from the from the days of Helen Coonan, Helen, yeah, uh, Coonan, when when they started uh, when they started lobbying uh, lobbying her for uh, these rights to to have the multi channeling, and every single step after that, except for that brief period where Channel Ten was changing the way that mm. television was viewed here. Except for that brief period, at no point have the free-to-air commercial networks actually said, well, maybe we should work a little bit harder at working out what it is that people want and working out how to and do it. they've gone with the really basic old-school media model of <clears throat> how do you advertise? You advertise to male, you know, male skews of our age group that we look for and female ones. So you have, you know, Go and Gem which is like the boys' channel and the girls' channel. It's a really basic 
you know, hooked into the kind of advertising. It's nothing to do with how people watch things or the sort of audiences that they want to develop or anything like that. It's just what we could buy and what we could split between boys and girls. It's ridiculous. And Channel, and Channel 10 or, or the 10 Network had news, sport, uh, comedy and drama split three ways. That's what they were going for mm. and and they've destroyed that. Yeah, because the thing is, though, I think the problem with the system and having um, people with their stocks and that as part of the concern as to how they run the network, people don't have the patience to invest in a system and look at, in the long term, this will work, you know, this is how we want to grow our network, this is what we want to do. They only do it over a short term and then, you know, if it doesn't work within six months or a year, oh, we're going to change it. At at what point did uh, you know? I, I think what I think what's happened is they've realised at one point they had just a license to print money, owning a network in Australia. And this this is exactly the story of all the mainstream media at the moment. It's the same with the newspapers. They had a license to print money, and they've refused to admit that the environment has been changing, and it has been changing for the last fifteen to twenty years. And now suddenly they're sitting there with, you know, all the money is disappearing, and they're, you know, sitting on their hands, going, "Oh, I don't know what's happening. It's awful." Of course, because you never tried to grow anything; you just tried to get as much money out of it while you could. I'm sure Rage. there's an Aesop fable that uh, yeah. that could cover this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure of it. Uh, that is the Boxcutters news. For years I've been telling my grandson I want a tattoo. And in 2005 when we won the flag, I got it done. We met in the cheer squad and eventually got married. All my family followed the saints, but I got cast out when my cat supported. I missed my brother's 60th birthday because I had to go and watch the boys play. He still hasn't forgiven me. I tell all my kids, if you get married on Richmond's playing, that's your choice. I would rather go to the footy. The real footy show for the real footy fans, Marnbrook. And here now with a, let's call it a box cutters exclusive. Why not? It's not. He's spoken to everyone. But we're part of that everyone. (laughs) Grant Hansen from the Marnbrook footy show. Thanks for joining us on Box Cutters. Hi, guys, and thanks for having me. Uh, Now... Look, I, I don't mean to break this news to you so so quickly, but sure. uh, your show's been axed from ABC Two. Uh, were you were you aware of this? Have I broken this news to you first? Well, look, I think you might have been about two or three days late, but um, <sighs> yeah, that is the news that's going around town at the moment, and uh, unfortunately, it is true that the ABC axed the Mangrove Woody Show. Yes. Now, the reasons they've given were that it was uh, too expensive, there were too many other footy shows, and something, something spurious, something, something reason. Mm, well, it just goes to show they're not very good listeners at the ABC. <laughs> I tried to tell them how we should make the show, and uh, they made quite a lot of changes to the show itself. It went from two to one hour, and then they changed the time slot about three different times this year and didn't put any publicity or promotion into it. So um, it wasn't going to really be a successful program with all those sort of disadvantages about the program. Hang on, so, so that, that, thing, that didn't work, changing time slots and, uh, and, and, and not listening to, to the producers. That didn't work for them. Yeah. I'm shocked. Yes, well, you know, it's a bit like record company executives, aren't they, really? You know, you just, uh, they don't know what's really on the ground with the people out out on the streets and what people actually like. They're talking about ratings and uh, 
not sure they've actually ever met anyone's got a little uh, black box mm. attached to their television. So what that sort of dumbfounded me, but uh, did, that's the did, way it goes. Did you feel, to, you know, to use football parlance, did you feel over the course of the year they were taking a few short steps in um, getting you to the end of the year and repeating for next year? Yeah, well, I did, actually. I, I thought next year the show probably could have went another couple of uh, cogs up. And uh, I thought their decision was really pretty short-sighted at the end of the day. And, you know, our show is obviously a point of difference. And I think they they really underestimated the popularity of the program. And, uh, you know, their ratings don't include places like Darwin and Alice Springs and Tasmania and all the regional centres, the remote areas and islands around Australia. So that's where the bulk of our audience comes from. So, you know, that's quite a, a large amount of people that actually watch the show. There are... Uh, one of the, the big reasons they gave was that the, the show uh, was too expensive. It, it was the most expensive show the ABC or the well, ABC2 is, is producing. ABC2 is just like churning out the programs down now. I haven't seen so many productions happening in Australian TV since the 60s, but um, I'm not really sure how many shows they, you know, they produced. I think very little from what I've been told. Um, and if we had been on ABC1, we probably would have been one of the least expensive shows. How does a... A show from Channel 31 become an expensive show in the first place? Yeah, well, the show originally was on NITV and has uh, for the first four years, and Channel 31 picked it up on Relay along with Wind Television and a couple other stations. So uh, even though we're on Channel 31, we weren't actually part of that station, but we just wanted to grow the audience into Melbourne, so that's what happened there. Do you uh, feel that now there's an opportunity for any of you to work with any of the, uh, you know, network televisions uh, in their sort of various different footy shows? No, I wouldn't think so. And that was the whole idea of starting up the football program was the lack of Indigenous, you know, players and people on other AFL uh, football shows. And uh, that's why it started up in the first place was to expose, you know, Indigenous players playing in the AFL and also Indigenous talent and... uh, put a bit of different focus on AFL football in general. So mm. uh, that was the whole essence of the show in the first place. Now, the, the response that's uh, come from, you know, MPs and, and uh, the AFL and, and various quarters all over the place uh, are, are, have definitely been talking against uh, getting rid of it and uh, some seem to uh, be reaching out on your behalf directly to Mark Scott. Um, have, you, have you heard anything from ABC over the last three days? No, well, we haven't, and um, I'm probably not expecting to, really, because, you know, that's the nature of TV, and uh, the executives have the control and the power, and if they don't want to show one, they accident and I think you'll find it's pretty rare in TV land that they'll reinstate the show, even though there's been a pretty public... Uh uh, outlash about the program, but you never know because this is still bubbling along. It's four or five days later, and, and the Twitter's still going off. Petitions are still going. People still adding their names to it. Uh, as you say, that a lot of the politicians in Canberra have been in, in, involved in the campaign as well. So it's really gathered momentum. It just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, as I said before, it just sort of shows really how many people were tuning to the program and appreciated what the program was about. With the changes that you had to make to it when when going to ABC Two, I, I was thinking, well, you know, one of the really great things would be if a commercial network picked it up. But if a commercial network picked it up, you'd have to make a a lot more changes to it again. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? 
Um, look, it's hard to say, really, unless you get into sort of discussions and conversations about, you know, how the show would be presented. And, I mean, look, ABC, in the first instance, they were pretty excited to get the show over there, and uh, there was a lot of goodwill there. And, uh, you know, the people that I work with at the ABC, all good people there. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, the, sh the show sort of changed significantly from that two hours to one hour. The show was a bit about the personalities, and you could sort of get to see the human side of people and the Aboriginal humour, and, and people really liked that about the show before we went over to the ABC and um, so you know they, their heart in the first instance was in the right place but as you know we wanted to you know sort of make the show bigger and better by doing some interstate shows and our big grand, grand final show that we used to do at the forum wasn't happening as well so in some ways the show was really stifled mm. and when I first went across there I was really hoping that would be on ABC one at 7.30 because Let's face it, you know, the ABC2 audience, uh, audience in the first place isn't very, very big. So I always knew that, you know, if it was going to be about ratings, you know, we'll, we'll, we would struggle. I think any show on ABC2 would be struggling to get ratings. So, I mean, if you need to be seen, you've got to be on that ABC1 channel, you know, right there on your TV. And this is a problem we've seen again and again with, uh, with ABC2 uh Friends of this show, uh, who who did the uh, Bazura project uh, mm -hmm. for for ABC Two, they again had a, a great show about something that is covered in so many other ways on so many uh, other media, mm -hmm. and uh, doing it in a in a unique way on ABC Two. So on the one hand, it's great because it affords them that opportunity, but mm -hmm. you're never going to uh, to build those. Uh, th those ratings. How are your numbers on ABC2 uh, compared to uh, when you're on NITV and, and 31, and how would you uh, well, hope to see quite, it grow? Yeah, I think they're quite significant. I mean, our audience uh, numbers, according to NITV, are much larger than what we got at the ABC. So, and that's what I said the ABC. We must have lost a lot of audience because of NITV. We had a certain amount, and uh, you're just saying we got this amount. So there was, a, you know, quite a trans... Uh, you know, quite a quite a difference in the figures, basically. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So remember when we were the first commissioned show on NITV, and uh, we've done over 150 live TV shows. So we were the number one show on NITV, and NITV and, uh, were very disappointed to to let the Marvel Footy Show go. That was because they were moving across to SBS, and there was a problem with their funding. There was a lot of turmoil going on with NITV and the government. So we weren't sure whether NITV was going to continue, and and you know that was one of the reasons why we ended up. In the, uh, the ABC in the first place. Uh, but now, as we know, SBS uh, are picking up uh, NITV on Platform 4, I think it is. So, you know, hopefully there might be a good opportunity to go back to NITV or to SBS 1 channel and, uh, and continue there and, uh, you know, extend the show by half an hour and, uh, you know, get on with it. Is it, it, is it important to you to keep bringing the, the show into the mainstream or uh, are you happy uh, just... Put, Putting it back to a largely niche audience and uh, and uh, and just well, having having those viewers. Well, ideally mainstream because we want people to see it. We want you know we want to you know get people looking at the show and and you know that's the sort of only contact they might have with an indigenous community. So we need to be in the mainstream. But that niche following that you're talking about will always follow us. The, you know the people that watch the Mangal Football Show are very loyal to the program. And uh, I believe, and I have no doubt, a lot of the, that audience will follow us regardless of where we end up. We're back on Channel 31, they'll tune in. We're on NITV, they'll tune in. So that's a good thing about this program. It's a big family, and the people that watch the show love the show and will continue to support it wherever we end up. 
Well, Grant, we, we wish you the, the best of luck with it for, for the future. Uh, for, for a long time, uh, people on Box Cutters have been saying that the Margaret Footy Show is the best footy show on television. So uh, we hope that it will just continue to, uh, to exist and produce the, the great football content that it has been. Yeah, th- thanks very much. And uh, once again, very heartening. And, and uh, thank you for your support in the show. Hi, my name's Rod Quantock, and you may know me from such films as... Well, I never made a film, but that's not the important thing. I'm here on the Box Cutters. It's a podcast, and I'm told it's on the internet. So get to the internet, look up podcast, look up Box Cutter, press enter, and shit, you might hear me. Shut up, Grandpa. Brett wants to talk. Um, Now, uh, after uh, having our first Video Vault segment uh, a few weeks ago, um, I was was commenting that uh, we had received... Um, a VHS tape from one of our listeners uh, to be added to my stockpile of, of VHS tapes to be gone through. It was it was a fascinating, fascinating tape. It uh, it had uh, the uh, Mike Willisy interview with Bob Hawke uh, from maybe the mid eighties, maybe the later. The irony 80s. of you saying "Shut up, Grandpa" and then him launching into this. I hope that's not lost it's, on people. It's, it's not. It was I, it's fascinating. Courtney, so Courtney, what? What Brett's trying to say here, and I'll, I'll just, is that Brett has a problem. I know. Right? He has a holding problem. Listeners to box cutters. It's not a problem. Have enabled that. So, so, so now they're not just listeners, they are enablers. Mm. Uh, and, and basically encouraging him in his, it seems, it seems harsh to call it an illness, but, uh. It's a psychological illness. Yeah. And, you know, listeners, the fact that we were going to have a really awesome Christmas show with amazing guests and uh, people back from the dead, and now we have to have an intervention for Brett yeah, we're gonna instead have, of Christmas. We're going to have a first, your fault. Our first ever Christmas did intervention. Did I, did show. I destroy Christmas? Christmas intervention. So, uh, so Brett... You've uh, you've had people add to it. Will you now please tell us, Brett, what's in the vault? Have you ever seen one of these, Courtney? It's a laser disc. It is a laser disc. I thought uh, I, I thought the new generations would not have had any idea. Um, I'm not on, retarded on both sides. Uh, this was sent in by uh, David Boxcutter. It's uh, from it's two episodes from the second season of the X Files. Well, yeah. you can fit two episodes two on that. Uncut episodes which on episodes? this, which is the size of an LP. Sleepless and Dwayne, Dwayne Barry. Oh, they're the ones where Scully gets abducted. Oh, really? Oh, spoiler! So, have so you? Ha- have what you do you play that? that on? You just shine it at the sun and. No, comes out. that did not work, Courtney. Uh, as soon as I get a laser display, but he tried it. He tried it though. I'm going to watch this again and again and again. Have you looked on eBay for a, a laser disc player? No, I haven't. Are you looking for a laser disc no. player? <laughs> That's an, it's an incredibly I, impractical. Like it's huge. It's like the size of a, a record, like a 45 a, record. A vinyl. You could just pretend yeah. that you, you could just pretend, like frame it and pretend that you got a platinum record. Yes. Mm. Of the X Files. Of the X Files. Yeah, I won a Grammy. <laughs> I wonder what happens if I put the insert in the middle there and, and put it on the turntable. Uh, you will scratch that Shit and ruin the needles. Yeah. Uh, so what else? What else is in the vault? So not content with taking us back to the early nineties was that technology? Mid, mid to yeah. We we have a second package that uh, that also arrived from David. You you are you you are amazing at your uh, at your power of uh, of year deduction. 
Copyright 1997, 20th Century Fox. Courtney oh, I Hockey. I know my X-Files, baby. It's got digital sound. <laughs> Courtney, do you know what this is? Uh, it's a... It's a videotape. It's, no, it's not a videotape. No, well, like it a is. Beta or it is a videotape. Okay, yes. It's, it's a, not a VHS videotape. No, it's, it's not a, a beta the other VHS kind. I've, I've seen them. I used to use them in advertising. This is a U-matic tape. Yeah, that's right. Which is uh, around about three times the weight of a VHS tape. So do you have to and now holds, buy one of those players? Holds a full sixty minutes. I. I, I I know that, like, all your educational institutions and stuff have, have been uh, getting rid of them for some time and, and it's quite difficult to track one down these days. So you're just going to put it in the pile of um, things that you own? Uh, I'm not sure what – maybe maybe it'll be uh, – these two will be the first of the Boxcutters Museum. So who, who, uh, who, brought us, the, who brought us these ones, Brad? From David Boxcutter. David Boxcutter. The, uh, so this is Our World, Exemplary Objects, the National Gallery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a fun. Was that a Channel Seven? That was a Channel Seven documentary series. Our World. Oh, yes. Oh. Sunday nights. Yes. Six thirty. Uh, so that's that's on the Umatic uh, tape. Uh, d- if anyone has a Umatic player, so that Brett can digitize this, because I know he really, really wants to. If anyone has a laser disc, and anyone has a Umatic player, so that Brett can digitize and watch these. Uh, that uh, look, that, so, that's probably bad for him. This is, is so. Uh, this is a, this is essentially uh, the museum of forgotten kinds of um, recording devices. This is television history. Is uh, <laughs> is is yeah. what I think you're. Okay. Uh, this is uh, you could you could donate them to ACMA. Is essentially the skin and bones, the skin and bones of Graham Kennedy. In your hands, in a lamp with nipples. Oh. Maybe it's maybe it's come from the screen sound. Oh, lamp with nipples is so disturbing, <laughs> so disturbing. Uh, you think it's come from the screen? You think this is maybe. all been stolen from the screen archives? Is that <laughs> what you say? You say David Boxcutter <laughs> stole this from who, the screen archives? Who, where else would he get it from? Probably his house. Uh, he's <laughs> and he's just sending you his junk, and now you're going to keep it thoughtful. under. You're going to keep it under your bed. It's, With your it's, 1980s Playboys. It's pretty impressive if, if it's from his own personal collection. It's, uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a romantic gesture. It's, you don't uh, just send someone a laser disc and a, it's, you know, a it's, video cassette without... I, I got lots of laughs when I, when I opened them up the other day. It is, it's generous. It is very, very generous. Now, Brett, you have something from your own vault. vault. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have as much reverb when I just say it in the studio. But John can fix that. Hopefully. So yeah. from uh, this week's VHS video vault, we go to 2007. Uh, you were recording things on VHS in 2007? Yes, yeah. Oh, man. And I've, uh, I've come across a couple of kind of odd little ads. Uh, this is the youth off the streets and it's bizarre. On your marks. Kids are out of the blocks. Anything could happen in this race. Scott is out early. He's under a lot of pressure and dropped out of school. Five left now. Nick in front, followed by Sarah. Joey hanging on to third place. No, Joey's pulled out. He's fallen in with the wrong crowd. Our four remaining runners are really going hard here. As they hit the band, Nick and Sarah pull up short of the finish. They just can't handle the abuse at home. It's Alex and Grace, the final two on the home stretch. It certainly hasn't been easy for our runners. You can see the strain on Alex's face. He's in and out of rehab. We're losing him. 
It's Grace, bringing it home in first place. She's done it. It's Grace who has met the challenge. Grace is back with her family. Support youth off the streets. Help get homeless and disadvantaged kids back on track. That's Worst awesome. Olympics ever. <laughs> so Grace is the only one that uh, that actually gets the team that are there to uh, to help her, and she's the only one that doesn't need it. The others are in and out of rehab. They're getting abused at home. They're falling in with the wrong crowds. Think- Screw them. They don't win. We only want winners like Grace. Think about how much money we could raise if we raced homeless kids. <laughs> At what point did uh, did someone in the ad agency not go, hang on, this is a terrible idea? And also just the kids are all really kind of white bread, private school looking. The ones who win are. No, but even no, the no, loser ones. No, some of the ones, some of the ones who dropped out. Oh, yeah, they were really coloured. Curly hair. Yeah. 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 So, you yeah, know, they can't win. They um, can't win. No. And, uh, and, God, and, and terrible. And also, perhaps this is a bit unfortunate that they're all running towards a priest in today's context. But we're looking into that now, so um, it's okay. The second was, uh, it takes us back to... Uh, What's with the heartbeat at the start of it as well? This is really weird. Just a really, really... You should have that next somebody, week, but I don't buy it. You that know is what? a terrible ad. Somebody <laughs> was really excited about adding the heartbeat at the start. They thought it was upping the ante a bit. You know, like, oh, it's going to be tense. And, uh, you know, nobody had the heart to, well, heart, to say, just stop it. You're embarrassing us all. Like, ne- never give the work experience kid the brief. <laughs> this next one is uh, from Channel 10 uh, when they had a, a top-rating, hilarious comedy show uh, on there and, and obviously they were using that to cross-promote other other products. In 2007. Rove. Mm-hmm. Shit house. This is the Wedge Local News. Oh. I'm underpaid. That's not okay. There are reports of strange events taking place in the bushland outskirts of Wedgedale. It seems a transformation is occurring in the habitat as Mother Nature what gets turned upside down. We cross now live to the forest. Beyond the limits of the unknown, deep in the heart of darkness where anything can happen, something happened now. <laughs> I do beg your pardon. It seems we are experiencing some technical difficulties. No, not that. Something else. No. Something happened that really changed our view of the jungle. Whatever. Enough. Frankly, I don't care. Enough. You wish you could do that, huh? Stop it. I have done that. After a few drinks. Uh, so, so there's, there's this URL that's going around the bottom of those those bits with the horrible voice and this this horrible creature. We'll I'm not talking website. about Sandra Salter, <laughs> no. good good friend of box cutters Katrina Mavis. Bless you. Sorry that you had to be on the wedge, but uh, a force of What is that, Brett? Have you looked it up? That was a uh, an advertising campaign for the brand new energy drink, Mother. So hang on. So there was an ad inside the show. I know so so... many people who worked on The Wedge. I'm sorry for all of them. Well, Brett, once again, you have exposed us to things from the vault. We will be scarred for life. And uh, I just... I I liked it better when I had a bite of your cheesy thing. Yeah, we all did. Mm. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. 
know, I'm, I'm just the postman, the postman, the postman, the postman, the postman. We've had some letters to box cutters. Uh, we, well, one of them, uh, what, both of them are, are comments to, to the blog. Mm-hmm. You can... Mm-hmm. You can comment on the blog at boxcutters.net uh, every week. We put up an episode on the blog. Uh, that's that's how it gets to you, partly, through the blog. So you can actually go to that particular episode and write comments. I love reading people's comments on the blog. I go and I always go and have a bit of a peek. Do and you see like what the fan ones say. for you? Yes, I do. It's nice. People are so nice. Courtney likes it when people like her. Yeah. yeah. She's weird that way. Yeah. Yeah. No. She also talks about herself in the third person. It's weird. So alone. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So do, should I read this letter? Uh, I, uh, you'll read the second one, uh, Brett. Oh, I see. I mean, Brett. Brett is the voice of Sophie. <laughs> Sophie says, "I'm not sure why the BBC is at the center of this controversy about the naming of McAlpine. Newsnight didn't name him. It was a fellow by the name of John Hurst on his blog who initially named him." Michael Collins has had a stroke. <laughs> so you wouldn't know from that that Sophie is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start? Um, do, yes. Do, start it, start it in your says, own voice. So Sophie says, I'm, I'm not, not sure why the BBC, BBC is at the centre of this controversy about the naming of McAlpine. Newsnight didn't name him. It was a fellow by the name of John Hurst on his blog who initially named him. He also mentioned other former Tories, etc. It doesn't make sense that Entwistle is taking the fall. There was a journalistic error, yes. But not one as regarding him. It makes you wonder if McAlpine is just throwing his weight around. It's also worth pointing out that Hurst didn't say per se that this man is guilty. He just said that this is the guy who has been referenced by Newsnight. So Sophie there is, of course, talking about the BBC controversy. Uh, George Entwistle uh, stood down as, uh, as as director of the BBC, director general mm-hmm. of of the BBC, uh, and uh, and there was uh, there was lots of uh, of controversy around that. Also, I wonder if Entwistle would be resigning were it not for this coming right on the heels of the Jimmy Savile situation. I doubt the scandal would be half so destructive were it not for the timing and the terrible nature of the false allegations. I think it's really interesting that at the same time that uh, the BBC are having these uh, big discussions about uh, past issues, we're about to have the uh, Catholic uh, Royal Commission into you know the churches and other organisations who were involved in this sort of thing. I think it's obviously some, a topic that's come of age at it's, the moment. It's, it's a topic that we're, a finally, we're finally ready to deal with. Oh, supposedly. As, yeah. There, as, as there was society. some consternation over the week also about uh, Entwistle's payouts. Apparently he got £700,000 uh, for paying out his contract over, uh, after the 54 days in the position. When's the last time you did 54 days worth of work, Brett? <laughs> I mean, you'll get several hundred thousand pounds as well when that happens. Really? Apparently. Excellent. Uh, apparently. And uh, Lindell Boxcutter says... Dear Boxcutters, I had a yelling at the radio moment when the Boxcutters were discussing why an otherwise intelligent woman would fall for Cuckoo, who is clearly an idiot. A sweet idiot, but still an idiot. It's because she's cockstruck. She's totally cockstruck. She's getting laid eight ways to Sunday by a hot guy who thinks she's amazing. No wonder her head's turned. And that's aside from how attractive someone who says yes to everything would be to a 20-year-old who comes from a family and community whose default position is no. I also love that everything that John said about it was positive while contending that he didn't like it. That made me laugh. Keep up the good work. Lindell Boxcutter, the best box cutter of all time. 
Thank you very much, Lindell Boxcutter. Thank you, Sophie. If you want to leave a comment on the blog, you can. It's at boxcutters.net. This episode will be at boxcutters.net slash episode 325. Or you can email us, hooray, at boxcutters.net. And if you want to send something straight into Brett's vault, <laughs> how do they do that, Brett? Uh, if it's uh, if it's package-sized, uh, they can send it to us, uh, care of Triple R, P.O. Box 2145, Brunswick East, Victoria 3057. Seven. And, uh, and if it's not package-sized? Uh, anything can, can be sent to there. Okay. They'll get me a note uh, to, to let me know. Just wanted to clarify. Fit in my pee hole. Um, also, uh, uh, apologies to all the other members of the Bucks Cutters family. Uh, you're not Courtney's favourite. Well, you, you're all my second favourite. If you watch one. Brett Cropley, if you are going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? My one thing this week uh, would be a fun ride in the House of Lies. Yay! Uh, it's on Channel 1. That's uh, 10's high-definition digital channel. Monday nights, 9.30pm, uh, with Australia's own Josh Lawson. And Don oh, so close! I was so close! And Kristen Bell. Yeah, you um, thought it was you for a second. Yeah, just just you said jo- Josh, and I just I thought it might be me, and then you re- said it was Dave Lawson. Is this the first? <laughs> is this the first airing of House of Lies on Australian television? I think so, unless it's been on cable previously. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a great show, though. Yes, fantastic, yes, really fun. funny. I haven't heard if there's a second season coming up. Yep, they're filming it at the moment. Kentucky, <laughs> if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Uh, I would watch, and it was on air last week, but due to the joys of iView, it can still be watched for the next, I think, maybe eight or nine days. Uh, Devil's Dust on um, ABC. Uh, <laughs> you look angry oh, the, about the injustice. About the injustice, but of asbestosis. It's a bit I of a docudrama it, about James Hardy case. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's not really docu. There's no docu in it. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, it's a fictionalized fictionalized retelling. Mm. Of uh, Bernie Banton's fight for uh, justice with James Hardy. It's here's, here's here's the thing. It wasn't great, and yet somehow compelling. Ah, I think it's a it's. A, at the, we've had a weird rush of stories, like real, based on real life stories from the seventies about weird social justice issues recently. Yeah, all using Don Haney and the you know same costume department apparently, um, telling stories about how great baby boomers are, incidentally, because they are so awesome. It's um, great. We should give them more stuff in elections. Yeah, and more money. So they don't have enough money. They don't have it. They don't. Ha- they um, don't have enough money. But it, you know, I really, I think, Anth- I think, I really rate Anthony Hayes as an actor. I think he's fantastic, and he does a great job um, as Bernie Hayes in this. And Bernie yeah, Banton. Bernie Banton. Sorry. Um, and it's yeah, you're right. It's not amazing, but I think it's really worth watching. And, and anything that sort of tells Australian stories, even if they are boomer stories, I think is uh, worth paying attention to. I uh, I'm going to watch America in prime time. SBS one on Tuesday at nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, this coming Tuesday, Independent Woman. Uh, every every week they've uh, they've taken. It is a PBS documentary from from the US. And they've taken a uh, a kind of trope of American television and explored it 
through people who actually make television. Uh, the first one was uh, Man of the House, just talking about uh, father father roles uh, in, uh, in in American television, not once mentioning Family Affair, much to my chagrin, but still a really great documentary series, Tuesday night, 8.30 on SBS One. Huzzah. Is on the table. Just quickly, uh, before before we uh, check in with Brenna Connie Glesbrook and her brand new segment, uh, I went to a force of nature dot com today, you, <laughs> and uh, it uh, has the abandoned. it has the title Estudio Movel uh, <laughs> in, in, in Spanish, and uh, and it says Rock in Rio, get Adobe Flash Player. Uh, so it's a Flash-based website. It says Rock in Rio. I don't know what it has to do with anything anymore because it won't load on my iPad. I like that the internet's even trying to distance itself from any connection to the wedge. <laughs> and now with... So, so when, it was, uh, when it was called Cherry on Top, mm-hmm. I was imagining this whole Warrant-style <laughs> intro of Cherry on Top! I would love to come in dancing in like a pair of cut-off denim shorts and a and string like bikini. And like swinging your hair around. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We can make that happen if you if that's what All you right. like. I yeah. Want- <laughs> we'll, we'll, wow, this is really awesome. At what we'll, point we'll should that, I not want that to happen? We'll shoot that intro for the video podcast. <laughs> there is no video podcast. So, uh, so but but then you you but wait, there's more! Uh, they both kind of work, but Cherry on Top sounds better in a Warrant style. Yeah, it does. It does. I just didn't want you to over-sexualise my segment, so I thought, good, I'll try to make it drier. Good for you, little yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good for you for, for not wanting to over-sexualise it and then coming dancing in a string bikini and cut-off <laughs> denims, swinging your hair. Third um, wave feminism. I'm empowered. <laughs> I'm empowered. I'm yeah. not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. What more is there, Brenna Courtney Glazebrook? Well, funny you were just talking about the mother energy drink because I, too, went and looked up a forceofnature.com and... Uh, nothing was there, no mores. Um, but I found a, a website which uh, kind of had a bit of an exclamation, uh, an exclamation, pardon me, <laughs> an explanation uh, about that whole campaign, which is still horrifying. I remember mm. seeing it when I was younger and turning the television off at the first sight of it. Um, it's, it's like they went, hey, you know what makes me want to drink something? The Louis the Fly More teen ads. Let's make them schizophrenic as well. That'll be hilarious. Yeah, it's disgusting. It says uh, here um, the energy drink mother introduced as a competitor V and Red Bull is aimed at, this is my favourite thing I think I've ever read on the internet, um, (laughs) is aimed at target audience of 18 to 25-year-old males, many of whom use MySpace, Messenger and and visit LadMag websites Uh. and gaming sites weekly. So you really know, you Mm. really get a sense of why they've They've it's, created those ads if that's the client. It's like that it's like towards. I can smell Lynx deodorant just hearing about it. Wow, <laughs> wow. I, I think mother is just Lynx deodorant in a can. In a can. To drink. Yeah, I think so. They said that uh, the um, the Amazonian jungle animal community was created to demonstrate the power of mother's natural energy and to bring the lo- bring to life the potent transformational qualities of mother. Why would they call it mother when? I I would think because I think they're everything trying to, to do mm-hmm. with it's a mother could, of a drink could not be further from Mother Nature. Yeah, that's There's right. nothing natural in that drink, and also just boys of that age don't like <laughs> not thinking about their mothers at any point. No, it's like at a, all. It's a mother of a drink. It's even it's just so, your for motherfucker. 
<gasps> oh, my God. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> um, anyway, the videos have Dexter's been... Dexter's here. <laughs> the videos have been removed from uh, YouTube after rebranding <laughs> re the campaign. So Clever. it's all gone now. Um, so what we, to- we were talking about before, we started off the show talking about some series that had been axed uh, and you spoke of partners with, mm-hmm. with <laughs> complete mm. hatred. And I found out that the series was created by the Will and Grace creators, Max Muchnick and David Cohen. Is it is it similar to Will and Grace at all? Is that woody, I, uh, woody gay banter? I actually found it more offensive to gays than Will and Grace. Oh. It's... Because you're, you're always because it was such it you're was always such, you're always siding yeah. with gays, Brett. It, it on was that. such a Stop horrible. Stop pressing the gays, says Brett. Yeah, mm. he wears that on a t-shirt. Mm. Brett says, "Relax." The, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. So you know how Will and Grace was like funny and had good characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like that. Oh, okay. So it was like Will and Grace without like, the good gay. without Karen and Jack. Yeah, yeah. without yeah. Will and Grace. Mostly okay. without Karen. Okay, Karen's such a great character. All right. Well, that's a shame. That's a real shame. Um, and then we we spoke about uh, Thunder the Thunder Mountain Riders becoming mm. a cartoon. Was that correct? Yes. Yes. Well, I had a little. I've actually gone on this the big Thunder <gasps> Mountain Ride um, at Euro Disney. Ishi and Scratchy Land, Euro <laughs> Disney, my kids near one. Um, and it's that big uh, indoor outdoor mine train roller coaster for any for all the listeners out there who don't actually know what it is. We end up going down a big roller coaster and then into the water and everyone like, gets are you, sprayed. Are you in a in a hollowed out log? Yes, very yeah. much so. It's ye oldie. It's in Frontierland. Oh. Les Frontierland <laughs> at Euro Disney. Um, and so I did a little bit of research on that one and I found that somebody actually died on that ride in America oh. in 2003. September 5th, a 22-year-old boy called Marcelo Torres uh, died. <laughs> Why am I laughing? That's terrible. Um but still, his, uh, his, fam- gonna, his family listens to this show. Oh, and- no. But- My deepest condolences, Mrs. <laughs> Torres and Mr. Torres. I think it's going to, uh, the reason they've based uh, a cartoon on this show is that's going to be a very special episode of Space Mountain, whatever. Oh, does he come back <laughs> to not life? Space-, Space Mountain's a great ride. That's going to be the third season of American Horror Story. And the- Oh, that'd be amazing, Disney Nipple version. Nipple lamp. But yeah, he... <laughs> Stop. Now I'm getting distracted by that. Josh got distracted by it. You know, I actually watched that and I didn't pick up on it. I'm going to have to go home and... You're going to have to watch some more. Zach Rotten, It's looking hot. It's so disturbing. He's so hot and evil. It's so disturbing. This, this, this is especially for you, Brett, um, just because of your hoarding Tendencies. problem. Because of your weird creepiness. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I can stop at any time. Yeah. I just really like I it. I don't want to. I've actually found you um, on Oprah.com, a hoarding severity scale. Oh, nice. So there's a quiz here. It's about 20 questions that you can fill out in the privacy of your own hoarded, hoarded. home. <laughs> if you can find an empty, like, oh, three could- centimetres with nothing on it, to stand there and then you can fill out this questionnaire and it will Oprah will give you an evaluation of... of, of the severity of your your hoarding. Brett's, so. Brett's house is a Disney ride called the Hoarded Mansion. <laughs> hey, nice. Brett, and there's could, a dead woman in there as well. Just so he sad. just he just doesn't know how to get rid of it. Yeah. If you can print that out for Brett, and he can just keep it till later. To uh... I'm going to print out 20 copies, and he's going to just keep them all in his house. Yeah. In just in case. Places, just, just in case. case. 
I'm worried. I'm worried about him. I'm worried that it's going to be like those brothers in New York. I love that. I was reading that story the other night. So Ter- good. Terrifying. I mean, so awful, what but so good. Oh, I'll tell you. Russian crossbow piled newspapers. Yeah. One of them had a job where he would go up the Hudson River on a boat as a do- to work as a doctor. Right. Before he became a massive hoarder uh, and got crushed weird, to death by it. Like weird the cra- ship's doctor. Weird crazy hoarder. Brenna Connie Glazebrook, thank you so much for hey. uh, for your... You know what? Listeners, email us. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Tell us what Brenna's new segment should be called. And how great she is, because she is awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tell us, tell us how great she is. Stop. Well, thank you, Connie. I was just also going to do a really quick fact about Australia's very own Josh Lawson. <gasps> He's totally hot. Again, again, I thought you were going to talk about me. Oh, no, um, sorry. I was just going to say I've made out with him. Oh, oh my God. <sighs> so jealous. And really? what's and what's he is like? He good kisser? And, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's a good kisser. Yep. Good kisser. Wow. Yeah, he's very handsome. He had yeah. a beard at the time. That's he's all right. We, that's hot. We thought we were he breaking. He would have looked over twenty-one with he a beard. He had a beard on. when I snugged him. We thought we were breaking news with the uh, Margaret Footy Show, but that's really that's yeah, the, good on yeah, you. That's front page headline yeah. news. Yeah. So Can't we jelly. Me and every other girl in Australia, but you know, not me. Don't make it sound like that. It'll happen, Courtney. It'll happen. <laughs> Just waiting. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 325. I want to say thanks very much to Grant Hansen mm. uh, for phoning up and telling us all about the uh, the, the new trials of the Margaret Footy Show. Thanks to uh, Willie Wilde for lighting that up for us oh, too. Thanks, Wilbur. Yeah. What a great bloke. Yep. We should have him back soon. Yeah. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. His name's Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hocking. I'm Brenna Courtney Glazer. Oh, no, I think she was playing uh, I Went Shopping and I Bought. Josh Canal, Courtney Hocking. Josh Canal, Courtney Hocking, Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. Do you just do this when, when it's chicks then because they like shopping, Josh? No. I like memory games. I love it when you call us chicks. I'm doing it for myself, not so, for you. Yeah. Josh Canal. Courtney Hogging, Brenna Glazebrook. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters Catches again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful about that. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hogging and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Courtney, that reminds me. You you got uh, tweeted at. (gasps) Did I what? You, you, you. Did I what? So, uh, so I am. Um, uh, I've been reading *The Grapes of Wrath* by, you know, that guy Steinbeck. Yeah, and uh, I happen to follow the actor who plays Ronnie Gardocki in *The Shield*, uh, David Snell, David Ree Snell, uh, and he's such a bad actor. Uh, <laughs> but whatever, he's oh, Ronnie. Yeah, Ron- Ronnie didn't have a lot to do with, plus, you know, he really gets screwed. He gets anyway. so screwed, but I love him anyway. Mm. Um, I want a cat and I want to call it Ronnie Gardocki. Oh, fair enough. And so... And then you can shave it and then grow, it, grow its hair back and shave it again. 
and then Bennett's face. Yeah. Oh, awkward. Um, and he made a joke about the Grapes of Wrath and I said to him, oh, I'm reading that. You've ruined the ending. And he wrote back and apologised. Oh, what a nice... Oh, and then and we've ruined the ending of his show. But yeah. Telling, yeah. <laughs> But Sorry. the fact it got axed. But anyway. It didn't get axed. It yeah, just it did. It finished of natural causes. It's a, oh, did it? The Shield. No, 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 no. His new show, Last oh. Resort. Oh, yeah. No, that, that got axed. That got axed. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Josh. You know who would never call you chicks? Who? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.